for doing that. Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And yes, as Jessica said, this is the fifth and final week in the parable of the sower, or what also could be called the parable of the soils. Now, we're in Matthew 13, just one final time. Again, open your Bibles, the Bibles in your pews, the Bibles on your cell phones, your tablets, your computer, whatever you must do, because I do not have the scripture. I've got some, but not all of it on the screen for you to follow along with. And I'm going to try and stick to my notes as much as possible today, because with it being the final message in this series, it's so easy to get carried away because there's just so much I want you to think about, so much I want you to hear. But as we continue in this series of the conversationalist, when Jesus spoke in parables, we continue to look to the teachings of Jesus, the ultimate storyteller, the man with all the wisdom, all the truth for daily living, for kingdom living, and for life. We look to have king kingdom living in our everyday lives, and we look to proclaim the word of God, both within ourselves and to others. Here's the big idea of today's message. If you're taking notes, make it nice and easy. It's right on the screen here. The soil the seed is planted in will determine the likelihood of its livelihood. However, we have a part to play in the soil that we will be. Let me say that once again. The soil the seed is planted in will determine the likelihood of its livelihood. However, we have a part to play in the soil that we will be. For instance, if you're one of the people that Jessica gave you bad soil without that miracle grow, your plant's probably not growing too well right now. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, as we've learned, if you have bad soil, if you're not in good soil, you're not going to grow as God intends. The soil the seed is planted in will determine the likelihood of its livelihood. The clearer the soil, the cleaner the soil, the better nutrients in that soil determine its livelihood. But we still have a part to play in this as well. So before we look to our part to play, we need to see that the Holy Spirit also has a part to play in this. In fact, the biggest part of all, we need the Holy Spirit's help in conditioning our lives so that we understand the word. Paul made this clear in 1 Corinthians 2.14 when he said, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. We need the Spirit of God in our lives. We need His indwelling so that we can understand and apply this Scripture, so that we can discern the right from wrong. So I want to open up in prayer as we just ask the Spirit of God to help us in understanding and in discerning this word today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you that as we believe in Jesus, as we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have this great gift of having the Holy Spirit of God living within us, indwelling us, empowering us for daily living, for kingdom living. And with this Spirit, we have the ability to discern right from wrong, to discern and understand your word. So Lord, we pray today, we pray now. Lord, Holy Spirit, just lift us up and help us to focus upon your word. Help us to listen and to hear and to obey, to understand and apply. Lord, we know many of us come into this room with many things on our mind, especially on a day like today where we got five to six inches of snow out there to handle and maybe it threw our day out of whack. Lord, on a day like today where the music seemed to have problems or the piano stopped working, <laughs> Lord, these are just things that are on my mind. 
I know many of us have many things on our minds. So, Lord, I just pray now. Free our mind. Lord, we lay everything else at your feet. Free our mind and help us to understand your word now. Thank you for the great blessing which is found in it. Amen. So with that said, let's read from Matthew chapter 13. Please follow along in your Bibles, in your hands, starting at verse 1 of 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And a great crowd gathered about him. So they got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, many things which we've spoken over the last five weeks. So I remind you, I can't cover it all today. If you missed a week, please tune in and catch up later. Verse 4. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, verse 4, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Skipping forward once again to where Jesus explains this in greater detail, he says in verse 23, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case one hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another Thirty and, and in another 30-fold. Thank you for following along in your word, in your Bibles here. We've been seeing over the past five weeks by this story that Jesus tells this story of the soils to help us illustrate that there's different receptiveness to the word of God. And depending on what soil you are, it says how we will, recept, how we will receive this word within us. Some of them may not receive it at all. Some of us will receive it for a while until it's thrown away. Each person is a little bit different. There's those who hear, and there are those who do not. There are those who allow the word to be heard and to be received within them, and they grow. And they grow, and they grow, and they grow, and they, they, they grow to the potential that God created them to have. So large, so strong, so full of potential that then they are fruitful. But then there's those who do not as well. So one final time, we look to the parable of the sower. And we've seen the soil condition of the wayward path. The hard trampled down path where the seed is not even able to start to dig in root. This ground is hard. It's so hard. It's so impenetrable that it never even gives God the time of day. The roots never even have a chance to dig into the dirt before the sun scorches it away. The roots are ripped out if there's any at all to be blown away with the wind or to be washed away with the rain. But then we've talked about the soil with rocks, with shallow soil, and this soil hears the word. They may even understand the word for a little bit. They start to grow a little bit. The word of God and the good news of the gospel of Jesus is seen, but they really don't understand it to its fullest. And just as that seed starts to grow in that shallow soil with rocks, it starts to blow away. I'm sorry, I got them mixed up, didn't I? That's okay. 
Tragically, these roots never dig deep enough to protect it from the sun. There's no roots at all on the wayward path. But then we come to last week. We have the thorny, weedy soil, one full of distractions, overly crowded with worldly desires, desires of the flesh, lust of the world, and worries, all of which take away from one being 100% surrendered to Christ. It takes our focus off of him as we see our lives being choked out, overly crowded with so many things. We find ourselves not receiving the life oxygen that we need for kingdom living. We've been saying we need to consider our lives. What soil are we? What soil are we in? Are you, and I hope not because you're here, are you that wayward path that maybe the seed has, has, has hit the ground, but you're not really allowing it to sprout at all, and it's just being blown away, taken away by the birds, taken away by Satan? Are you that, that ground with rocky soil, shallow soil, which you begin to grow, but then every time a trouble comes into your life, a struggle, persecution, a disease, an illness, something that, that just hits you to your very core, you find yourself leaving God. You find yourself giving up. You find yourself not digging into the word, not praying to him, not communicating with him. Is that you? Or then we find ourselves with that soil we talked about last week. Maybe that's you. Maybe you struggle to not overly crowd your life with so many things. And soon you find yourself worried and filled with so many concerns for the world because you're afraid to see your freedoms or your pleasures or your desires leave. You don't know how to continue to live up here as you're knocked down here. And then soon enough, you have so many things in your life that you, you're not focusing on God as you should. That's the thorny, weedy soil. They're choked away from the kingdom of God. We've seen three of the four soils, and three of the four soils, as much as I hate to say it, if you don't get out of these soils, they do not lead to life. They don't lead to salvation because your eyes are taken away by the birds, taken away by Satan, or you, you whizzer up when, when that sun comes, that heat comes, troubles come, or you're so overly crowded with things of the world that you don't even see God at all. You're too focused on worldly things to see the godly things and remember what is a parable a parable is an earthly story with heavenly wisdom with heavenly meaning so we're trying to focus here to move from talking about the soil to talking about our lives sure some follow christ for a time but you know what the crowds that are in this parable the crowds that followed christ they were following him for a time too but then they would soon leave and I pray that's not us. I pray that we get to the good soil, which we're talking today, because we need the good soil to truly survive through every day of our life and to look forward to the kingdom living both today and forevermore in the kingdom of heaven. You see, we need to not just look for the miracles, not just look for the great displays of wonder to just leave when we're not noticing them anymore, but we need to be diving into the word of God, truly being receptive and hearing it so that we get spiritual truths and righteousness to provide for our everyday living. I don't have that on the screen for you. I'm sorry. Today we focus on the parable of the soils, but we talk about the good soil. Good soil is one which hears, let me put this up here, Good soil is one which hears, understands, and proclaims the word of God. The good news of Jesus' work on the cross. Kingdom living in the kingdom of heaven. 
This is what it means to be in good soil. You hear the word of God. You understand the word of God. You proclaim the word of God. You, un you hear and you understand Jesus' work on the cross so much that you give him your life and you follow after him. You have kingdom living and you look forward to the kingdom of heaven. But here's the thing. You can't just hear it and hold on to it without doing something with it. Just as you cannot just hear it in one ear and then let it out the other. Good soil produces fruit, which is both visible and beneficial to God, oneself, and others. God calls us not to just take it in for ourselves, but to glorify God with it and to serve his people, to love on others. The first thing we see about this good heart, this good soil, one that is saved, is that it hears and understands the word of God. To be fruitful, produce grain, to be a disciple, a follower of Christ as Lord and Savior, you must hear and understand. Again, you can't just hear it and say, oh, that's not for me, and let it go. And No, you need to hear it and understand it in a way that you can apply it. You hear it, you understand it, and you apply it. And as we said earlier, we need the Spirit's help to do this, but you also have a part in it. To be a disciple, a follower of Christ, you must have Christ. That's the first thing. You are not in good soil if you're not following after Christ. If you're not following his words for actions, for thoughts, for everyday living, for kingdom living, you're not in good soil if you're continuing to live against how God tells you to live. If you're continuing to fill your life with more things of the world than of him. Next, to hear and understand also means that you yield. Again, it's not enough just that you hear and that you understand the word. You must yield to the word. You must submit to what he tells you to do. In fact, you should have such a desire to yield to him that you're praying and you're desiring his word so much that you thirst to have it more and more. And Matthew 5, 6 tells us, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, that's hard, though, because sometimes righteousness and living according to God's righteous ways, it doesn't look like what the world tells us is the right way of living, does it? But we know that his way is the right way, and his way is the right way that leads to eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus said, hear my words, or those who have, he have ears, let them hear, he wasn't just saying to listen up, although that is a big part of it. Let me say, if you ever read in scripture and Jesus is saying, those who have ears, let them hear or hear me, you need to listen up. You need to open those ears, but you also need to know that in the Greek, this also means to obey. I mean, maybe you think of your parents when you're a child, or maybe you're still a child, and your parents are saying, hear my words. They're not really saying just to hear me. They're saying, uh, you better get in shape. You better listen up. You better start doing what I say, or trouble's about to come. Your actions help to determine what soil you remain in. And Jesus says, you must act now. You must act now. Jesus says, those who have ears hear. And he wants the crowds to listen. He wants the crowds to hear. He wants the crowds to understand. He wants the crowds to come to him. And he wants those who already have the ability to understand, those who are understanding, he wants these people to listen even more in such a way that they're obeying, they're yielding. I've given you the understanding. I've given you the Holy Spirit in your life, God says. Stop 
denying the Spirit. Stop suppressing the Spirit. Being good soil means you allow the Spirit to work through you and in you. Later, we see that his disciples actually come to him and ask for clarification. They say, Jesus, explain, why do you speak in parables? What does this mean? And Jesus goes on and explains. You see, the disciples would do whatever it would take to receive the understanding they needed. And we too need to do whatever it takes to get to the sun. Have you ever been in a forest and you see this tree that just has weird shaping as maybe it wrapped itself around other trees just to try and get to the sunlight or to get to the rain, the moisture? You see, we need to be like that tree. We need to be willing to do whatever it takes to get to the sun. But we need to do whatever it takes to get to the Son of God. We may not always understand what's happening around us or in our lives, but we need to do whatever it takes to get to Him. And to, under, to seek his understanding. But even when we don't understand, we need to continue to yield to him, knowing that he has a plan. And live how he calls us to live. Now some people say, well that, well, that means that we're, we're just laying down, complying, letting people walk all over us. No, not at all. We, we know that he's in control. We know that he has a plan. But that doesn't mean we just stand there. It doesn't mean we do nothing it means we let him be in control and we do the next best thing. We continue to live how his word tells us to live. We continue to sow the seed. We continue to share this good news of the word of God and of Jesus and his eternal kingdom. Both to ourselves so that we can live to the fullness of the kingdom. And that we can share it with others. I'm getting away from my notes a lot today and that's bad for you, <laughs> let me say. To have good soil, we must plow the field. We must remove the rocks. We must remove the weeds. You see, I do think that three of these soils are bad soils that do not have salvation. They don't have life. But I do think that God gives us the opportunity. And he wants you to move on from that bad soil and to get in the good soil. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your, your kids. Don't give up on your friends or your relatives or your neighbors. Continue to pray for them. Pray for that word of God. Pray for that seed to go to the good soil and to sprout roots. Pray for God to help to remove those rocks so that they can have deep soil. But you have a part in that too. Help people to free up the soil. Help people to see those rocks. Help people to see those weeds and help to cultivate the land. Pray for God's help. Pray for God's help. You see, when life gets hard and our hearts feel like they're being hardened like stone due to persecution, struggles, or hardships, we need to ask God to help you through that time. Don't give up. Don't look away from him. And I know that's hard because we can get so busy trying to solve the problems that we think we don't have time to go into God's word. We don't have time to pray. i got to fix this piano. But the first thing we should do is seek him. Pray to him. Ask him to help, and then receive the knowledge, the wisdom, the abilities that he gives you to find the help. Seek him as a refuge from the storm. Seek his provision through the storm and be filled to get through it. Or maybe when you start recognizing that you're choking God out of your heart with so many things of the world, worldly pleasures or concerns or worries, when your life and heart has become overly crowded and God is just lost from you, Seek God more. 
And guys, this is where we need help. Because sometimes we're so overly crowded in our lives with weeds that we don't even recognize that we're missing out on God. This is why God created us to have one another. The church, the body of believers to be able to help one another. And I know it's easy to just encourage one another, but we need to also rebuke one another. But sometimes we can get so focused on the rebuking that we're more focused upon the devouring and the biting one another than just helping rebuke them to lift them up. We need to make sure we're doing both. Seek God and pray. Ask him to help you to navigate through this life, to map out your priorities, to free up the soil for the word of God to grow within you. Sometimes we need to clear the map. Sometimes we need to start fresh because maybe we've made this map in such a way that, that we think we know the right way to get from destination A, point A to point B. But God wants you to go to point A to point C then point B. Sometimes we just need to start from scratch and say, Lord, help me draw out a map which honors and glorifies you. Psalm 119, verse 18, if you're taking notes, says this, Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things from your law. That's what we need to do when we're in these times. We need to plead with God, God, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things. It's in these ways and more that you find good soil and that you keep good soil, but you don't stop here. And, and I couldn't continue to tell you every single way to have good soil, what good soil really looks like, or what it looks like to be fruitful. These are just ideas. These are just pieces. These are just little morsels to sustain you for today. But you need to continue to look to God's word every day. Every day. Jesus explains later in verse 23 as we move on. As for what was sown on good soil. Now listen up. He's saying this is what it means to be in good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. I think we've talked quite a bit about that. But he goes on. He says, he indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, 100-fold. In another, 60. And in another, 30. You see, disciples of Jesus must be fruitful. Be fruitful. Disciples of Jesus must be fruitful. And in John 15, 2-4, we read this, where it reminds us. Every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. It's okay to be pruned. Because you know what? It helps you to bear more fruit. It helps you to grow even more. Sometimes we struggle with life as we feel like, God, why do you keep poking me? God, why do you keep pruning me? Maybe it's because he's trying to clip off the bad end so they can grow in the right direction. Verse 3, already you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it, is, it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, being fruitful looks different for different people. Being fruitful looks different for different people. Jesus himself said that some may yield 100-fold, others 60-fold, another 30-fold. It looks different for different people. But what we see is all those in good soil must be fruitful. Not everyone is equally fruitful, but all are fruitful. So what does it mean to be fruitful? What's needed? Well, first, we already saw you must be in him. That's what this says. You must be in him. You must abide in him. Two, you must be submissive to his pruning. Allow him to prune. 
listen to him and don't just keep growing back that bad end, that dead end. You know, I'm not a salon owner. I see somebody in here who does cut hair, but, I, but I'm pretty sure I've got it correct. You got to de- cut off dead ends. God also cuts off our dead ends so that we can grow the stronger, the better. Abide in him, stay connected to him, and live according to him. You see, abiding in him is different than the weeds, it's different than the rocks, because abiding in him means that even though you face great trials, great struggles, great persecutions and tribulations, even though you might have great weeds come up in your life, worries, concerns, wealth, personal desires of the flesh, None of these things will keep you from putting God first. That's what good soil means. No matter what happens in your life, you continue to always weigh out the godly things and the worldly things to make sure that God is number one, to make sure you're continuing to grow and to bear fruit. To be fruitful means to be radically different than the world. To be in good soil means you're different than the world. And some are 100-fold, some are 60-fold, some are 30-fold. From my studying, I see that all of these are just miraculous yields, nothing that a farmer could ever dream of. It's amazing yields, hundreds of percent, thousands of percent yields. And only, the only way to yield fruit like this is to abide in him. Allow him to work through your life. Stay connected to him and listen, hear, and understand and obey. You see, you have a character which does not look anything like this world. You have gone from death to life, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. You're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, Colossians 1, 13. You are a new creation in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that will be conformed to the image of Christ, Romans 8, 29. And your purpose in life is changed from seeking your own kingdom to seeking God's kingdom. 2 Peter 1, 10 and 22. You see, it's okay to be different. In fact, we're supposed to be different. We're new creations. We're different. And as you see, you'll be conformed into the image of Christ where you know what happened to Christ. They persecuted Christ. They tortured Christ. They placed him upon a cross and died. He died for us. But he did all that so that God's will would be done, so that God would be glorified. I was reading this last week, Jesus pleading with the Father to take him away from, he was in such suffering, he was such anguish, but yet he still said, your will, not mine, may you be glorified. Guys, we know we're struggling in this world. We know every single day is a day where we got to kick some rocks out of the way and cut some weeds back. But we know that we do it all so that he would be glorified and that we can have kingdom living and look forward to the kingdom of heaven where we live with him forevermore. Amen? You have a character that's different, but it's okay to be different. You see, we live radically different lives so that those around us can see that there's something beyond us that matters most. What matters most is him. Matthew 5 says to be salt and light and have good works which glorify God, but notice that last part, that glorify God. As we're salt and light in this world, as we have good works in this world, we're not doing it for us. We're not doing the things that benefit us. We're not doing the things that make us feel good. We're doing the things that glorify him and his word and his instructions for kingdom living. You see, godly living, good soil, 
good hearts have godly characteristics. We have gifts, fruit of the Holy Spirit's indwelling, and these things should be seen. Are you seeing them? Consider your soil. Galatians 5, to 23 lists this character. Be one of love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but some days I struggle to see this in myself, let alone others too. And it's those days even more that I think we need to plead with God. Lord, help me to see these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit, because they're here. Nobody can take these away from you. If you have the Holy Spirit's indwelling within you, they're here. It's just you're allowing either yourself or the things that, that are happening in your life to suppress them. And again, you need to plead with the Lord to help me see your wonderful things. This fruit is in direct contrast to those of the world. In fact, Galatians 5, 13 to 17 goes on to tell us how we're different. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And then we have the opposite of godly character displayed. We have the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit displayed. We have the fruit of the flesh. Where Galatians 5 says in verse 19 on, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Oh, I pray that this doesn't characterize us. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And if that's not enough, it says, in things like these. You see, he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are all things characterized by living and being the wrong soil. And although we struggle with our soils, we need to make sure we get out of that soil and stay in the good soil. He goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They're dead. They're crucified. Don't let them raise back up like Jesus, though. Jesus should be the one that raises back up. His spirit should be raising up in your life. These fruits of the spirit should be raising up in your life more and more with each day. You see, we look to these soils one final time today so that we can consider our lives one more time today. But as I tell you to consider this one more time today, I say... I'm the last one telling you to consider, but you need to consider it daily. Because every day, Satan is trying to creep in, and we need to push him back out. Every day, we need to make sure that even though we're struggling, that we stay afloat. Because it's, it's so easy to go from struggling to stay afloat to drowned and dead. So we need to plead with Jesus, pray to Jesus to take us to the shore, lift us up, sustain us, and help us to be more like your son. So even though we're focused 
upon worries at times, concerns at times, struggles at times, persecutions at times, struggles, tribulations, desires of the flesh. We need to make sure they don't control us. We need to make sure that as we're told in Matthew, that we seek him first, seek the kingdom of God, and ask for help when we're struggling with that, because he will be with you, he will give you life, and he will give you understanding. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do people see this love? Do they see this list within you? Are you seeing this list within you? Because that's what good soil means. That's what being fruitful means. But another thing about being fruitful is making sure that your fruit falls off the tree. Or that your grain falls off the stalk or the plant. Or that your, your fruit or your vegetables or whatever you want to say comes off the plant or the vines. You see, we're created not just to hold it to ourselves. Just as trees bear fruit so that their seeds can go off into the world and repopulate, create more. God wants us to help create more believers, more followers. He wants to use you. He wants to eat, use each and every single one of you. That's what it means to be fruitful. Does your life give him glory? Does your life help others to see his glory? Is your life characterized by these things? Because if so, we need to make sure that we share the fruit. Share the fruit. Sow the seed. Share the word of God. Share Jesus. And start with your testimony. Start with your story. Just tell people what you have. Tell people why you have hope. Tell people why you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control. Tell them why you have these things and help them to see that they can have it too. Show them Jesus. Show them Jesus, the one who thought not of his rights, not of his privileges, not of the fact that he's the son of God and he could just snap his fingers and do whatever he wants. But no, think of how Jesus humbled himself to the point of the cross for sinners like me so that we might have life. What's God telling you to do with your life? Who's he telling you to spread this word, to sow the seed to? Who's he telling you to, to, how's he telling you to humble yourself, to take a step away from your job, maybe take a, take a moment away from your family or from your hobby or from your friends, to take a moment away from the news or social media so that you can just go have a cup of coffee with somebody and tell them about Jesus. Or maybe so that you can just call up a friend, call up a neighbor, call up a, a co-worker and tell them about Jesus. Use your testimony, use your story to share the fruit that you have. Be humbled. As followers of Jesus, we are called to die to our rights, our wants, our desires of the flesh. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come to me, come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, it's not always easy to let go of the things that we love. But God loved us so much that he let go of Jesus from his side and sent him to earth to die for us. How are we to be humble? What are we to give up? Because I guarantee you that kingdom living is the best living. Kingdom living is the best living, and being fruitful means loving God and lover, loving others as you love yourself, because he first loved you. 
Matthew twenty two thirty seven gives us the greatest commandment, which says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. But then it goes on further to basically tell us to love others as much as you love yourself. Some of us could also say love others as much as you would wish they would actually love you. How are we loving others today? What are we doing to show them God's love? How are you showing God that you love him above all else with your whole heart, soul, and mind? You see, some people are naturally just know God and know Christ. Somebody, some people, the Spirit would just naturally just convict and they'll come to know Him and will understand Him and praise the Lord when the Spirit speaks into somebody like that with nobody's influence, with nobody's help. Because God's Word also tells us that He will be known across the world, around the nations, even in, in missions fields and in countries where there are no missionaries, no people. People will know that there is a God. But some people God calls to use. And I think of Philip and the eunuch, the, the Ethiopian eunuch out of Acts 8, 26 to 40, who was found reading the word, but he did not understand it. He had great personal desire to understand it, though. He's holding it and he's saying, I just wish I could understand this. But he couldn't understand it until God sent Philip there. And Philip explained it and helped him to understand. Philip told him about the good news, the gospel of Jesus with him. He went over all this, and after hearing it all, he was able to understand. And he followed after Christ. He followed after Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he was right then and there baptized as a public act to show everyone that I'm following after the Lord. You know, some people are naturally just hear the Spirit and know that they need to change. But to others, God wants to use you to sow your seed, to help them to understand so we need to be ready to share what you have. Be fruitful by being willing. Be fruitful by being willing. You never know if it will make a difference. Scatter tons of seeds that you might succeed. This week, I want you to tell two friends about Jesus. If you're looking for an exact take-home, Pastor, just tell me what to do. Tell two friends about Jesus this week. Just call them up. Talk to them about what you have. Talk to them about why Yes, although you might have temporary concerns, temporary struggles, temporary problems, you know that they don't control you because you have this hope found in Christ. In closing, I say this. Let's focus as much on others as we do ourselves. Let's focus more upon God than anyone or anything else. And in closing, I say, good soil requires cultivation. A good way to cultivate the soul is by learning to rest well. How do we rest? In times like these, we rest in the Lord because you're in good soil and you have strong roots dug deep on him and his word. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 tells us to come to him all who are burdened and he will give you rest. Give time to look to him, to find the rest that you need, to find the instructions that you need, the wisdom, to find the comfort and to find the peace Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Don't allow Satan to steal away the seed that you have. God's placed a seed in your life, and it's sprouting. It's growing roots. Don't allow anyone or anything to rip that out. Philippians 4.6-7, finally, as my final scripture says this, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rest in him. Good soil requires cultivation. It requires tending to. And a good way to cultivate or tend the soil is to make sure you're learning to rest in the Lord. Don't allow the world to shape you. Allow God to shape you in the world. Be greedy for the word of God. Be greedy for Jesus. Be greedy to hear his message, to understand his message, to obey his message, and to proclaim his word. Don't justify the wrongs of the world or the wrongs of your life, but instead look to change the wrongs of the world and the wrongs in your life through his word and through Jesus, through the indwelling of the spirit within you. Look to the power he gives you to be different, to be new, new creations in him. Don't pick and choose what parts of the word of God to believe and follow, but believe and follow all of them and let God work through them. Be good soil, good receptive hearts, and hear him and obey and be fruitful and have kingdom living. I hope you've enjoyed five weeks of the parable of the sower. I know I've learned a lot and I hope you have too. And um, let's just close in prayer now. There'll be no closing song today. I just want to close in prayer and have you leave with these things on your mind, considering, again, this final day I'm going to tell you today, consider your soil. What does your soil look like? Are you so overly focused on the troubles of the world that your roots aren't digging deep because they keep hitting these rocks? Are you so focused upon all the, the weeds and your life is so overly crowded that you're, you're tr having trouble focusing upon God. You're, you're having trouble getting that life-providing oxygen. Clear the weeds. Clear the rocks. Find the good soil. Allow God to help you. Plead with him for help. Allow God's people to help you. We're not in this alone. We're in this together. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that we are not alone. We're never alone. We have you. We have your word. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit within us, living within us, and dwelling within us. To empower us for everyday living, Lord, to give us fruit. And Lord, I just pray that we would consider our soils today, but not just today, Lord. I may be just do it, uh, encourage these people today for this time, but we need to consider it ourselves personally every single day. We need to always be looking to the soil to kick out those rocks, cut out those weeds to make sure we stay in good soil. Lord, we pray, help us, Lord. Help us to see your wonderful things of the law and of your kingdom. Help us to have kingdom living. Help us to look forward to the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, we pray for those we know, because I know we all know people who are in the wrong soil. Whether it be the past, the rocky, shallow soil, or the weedy, thorny soil. Lord, we pray for these people. We pray for them to, to just be convicted that they need you. They need to let those roots grow. Use us, Lord, where you want to use us. Speak into these people's lives so that all might come to know you. And Lord, it's in your holy and powerful we, name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great day.